In all of his teachings, Jesus is trying always to guide us in the way. The way of loving God and the way of loving God's people. This is the journey of discipleship, the way. We have to, unfortunately, keep working at it. Seeking to be changed, to be transformed in the ways of Jesus. Jesus seeks to help us not just survive our days, but to help us find life and life in abundance. Jesus wants us to live in a way that reflects the love and the justice, the joy and the peace that God intends for all people. This is the way. The title of this sermon today comes, as some of you might know or recognize, from a few words in Romans chapter 12, a favorite chapter of mine. We seek to have our lives filled with God and filled with God's love so that we can be not conformed but transformed, worshiping and serving with zeal and love, with hospitality and generosity. We are, according to Romans 12, uh, to rejoice in hope, to be patient in our suffering, to persevere in prayer. We are, according to that passage, called to live in harmony with one another, to get along with each other. We belong to God. Our lives are to look like that. Do not be conformed to the world. Be transformed. That's the message. This is God's continuing plan for us and for our lives. But this journey toward transformation is very difficult. We are invited to trust God with our lives and all of our plans. And then what happens? We find ourselves filled with doubts and struggles we're expected to walk each way with God, each day with God, and then we find ourselves covered up, covered up with our pressures, covered up with our anxieties, and maybe that comes from family life or work life or the political scene these days, and then our love and our zeal and our hospitality and our generosity, well, they fall away. We also get so focused on certain things like raising our kids or building our wealth or establishing ourselves, we easily conform to the world instead of being transformed. Listen now to this passage from the gospel according to Mark. It comes from chapter 10. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to the man, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. The man said to Jesus, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go and sell what you have and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for the man had many possessions. And then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. 
But Jesus said to them, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of, have, of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded, and they said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them, and he said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there's no one who has left the house of brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in, the, in this age houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Several quick comments about this particular story. First, this is a familiar story. This same story, only with very minor variations, is found also in the Gospels of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. Here in Mark, he's called a man. Then a few verses later, we learn he is a wealthy man, for he has great possessions. In Luke, the person is called a ruler. And in Matthew, he's called young Hence, the story in all three Gospels of the rich, young ruler. Second, this story has lots of quotable lines. We have this line, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Christians, through the ages, have spent far too much time and energy trying to figure out that question. But if we just focus on eternal life, According to Jesus, we're going to miss out on Jesus' main message. Jesus teaches over and over again that we find life not in some distant pursuit, like eternal life, but in how we live today and tomorrow and the next day with generosity and hospitality, with justice and peace for all. We have another line. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That line certainly gets our attention. We know who we are in the world, very wealthy folks. And Jesus, in this passage and in so many places in the Bible, uh, keeps saying very clearly that money and possessions can get in the way of your pursuit of the way. Discipleship. Rather than having and using money in the transformed life, most of us allow money to take center stage in our lives. And most of us, instead of using our possessions for the transformed life, we become possessed by our possessions, more conformed to the world. Jesus speaks and warns often about money and possessions. And then we have this line. For God, all things are possible. What a gracious word, especially given the immediately previous word in the same passage about money and possessions. For God, all things are possible. That's what we depend on as wealthy people. We seek to be transformed in the ways of discipleship, God helping us. That's what we affirm 
for God. All things are possible when we're tossing and turning at night worried about our most pressing anxiety. Tossing and turning worried about our loved ones and our problems. For God, all things are possible. That's what we lean into and we know we need to lean into when we don't know which way to turn on some major decision that we're confronting. For God, all things are possible. We depend fully on God's grace all our days, all of us. So this passage is familiar. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and it's filled with all these memorable and great lines. And then we have one other line in this passage, and it's almost overlooked, but it really strikes me so deeply and helpfully today. It is verse 21. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. This is really a wonderful pause in a very complicated story that is stacked with tensions. Jesus talks lots about love, loving God and loving others. Jesus embodies God's love in the world. The kingdom of God is at hand, as first words in Mark's gospel. And he embodies God's love for us along the dusty roads of life. Jesus urges ethical behavior rooted in love. Love others as you want to be loved. And he criticizes religious people for loving God's rules more than they love God. Loving certain things more than they love God's people. But rarely in the Gospels do we get a glimpse into Jesus' own eyes and heart. We hear his words. We see his actions. Jesus speaks about the reign of God. Jesus does healing to show the reign of God. Jesus does everything to point to the reign of God. And it's all so beautiful and it's all important, reminding us that our lives should be about the reign of God, like Jesus. But it's always harder than we imagine, this pursuit of the reign of God. And in this story, when a faithful man asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus does something unusual. He pauses and he looks him in the eye with love and deep caring. The Greek word conveys he looks the man in the eye and loved him. We get a glimpse into Jesus' heart, into Jesus' person. This is the only incident in Mark where it says Jesus loved a particular person so strongly and powerfully. What Jesus wants from us with a deep love that's flowing from his very heart is to be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. He tells the man, this one who knows the law of God, he recites it, and says he's been obeying the law of God since his youth. And this man with many possessions, with deep compassion and concern for him, you lack one thing. Go and sell what you have and give the money to the poor and come and follow me. Here's what I think is going on here. This way of Jesus, the way of discipleship, it is a constant journey. And it's difficult. 
this particular man has thought he was on a good path. He knew God. He knew God's commandments. He said, teacher, I've kept these since my youth. But Jesus is always interested in our hearts, in our devotion, in our care, in our lives of loving and serving. We cannot just keep the commandments as good as that might be. Life on the way, discipleship, is never about checking a box. It's never about keeping the rules only. It is about the ever-evolving transformation, change of our lives as the people of God. This past year, think about all the things that we have learned in new and deeper ways. We've learned that despite all of our science and all of our technology and all of our achievements, all of our efforts at progress, we remain vulnerable. And an invisible virus can change how the whole world functions. We've learned that despite our long history as a democracy, our successes as a nation, our nation and our government are actually quite vulnerable. We have learned that our long history as this church, Second Presbyterian Church in downtown Richmond, 175 years with so much to celebrate, has also been complicit in sustaining systemic racism and injustice and much that runs counter to the gospel of God. We have learned that despite the great things of our society, there's so much inequity. So much need for attention to climate change and education and fair wages for everyone. Our nation has a debt crisis and huge needs for infrastructure and better housing and schools, especially in this city. Life is a long and complicated journey. And we want and we need to be continually transformed, open, receptive, changing, adapting, growing, serving as God's people. And here's the word of grace for God. All things are possible. We can never assume that we've arrived. We have to keep being transformed in the ways of loving and serving with our hearts engaged, our whole selves focused, our attention, our compassion on the promised and certain coming of God's reign where justice and joy abound on earth as it is in heaven. Are we about that? You? Am I? This is what Jesus wants from us, all of us, really being changed. Jesus looked the man in the eye and loved him. Jesus looks us right in the eye and loves us and won't let us go and invites us to follow and keep following and keep adapting and keep changing. Jesus invites us to be sincere in seeking the ways of discipleship. Pastor and writer and theologian Brian McLaren puts it well. He says that the church, the faithful community of the people gathered for worship and at work is a learning lab. A learning lab for love. 
We come here to worship and be part of a community, but we keep coming so that we'll be changed, so that we'll be transformed in the ways of Jesus. It's not just about showing up in the sanctuary. It's just not about signing on as a member and praying thanksgiving for meals and thinking of ourselves as Christians. Discipleship, following the ways of Jesus, is about continually being changed in the ways of hospitality and generosity and peace and justice and joy following God. This is also a learning lab, the church for equity and justice. We confess how we've fallen short in our lives and through the years so that we can embody God's wholeness and hope going forward. This is a learning lab for staying on track as God's people, growing in the ways of discipleship so we can follow Jesus, especially as a Matthew 25 congregation, especially as an earth care congregation. We can increasingly let go of all the trappings of the world. Do not be conformed but be transformed. Not worried about wealth and power and worries and work, but be co-creators with God in the inbreaking of God's reign in the world. We seek to learn more and more about what God cares about and then be about that work, feeding the hungry, helping the hurting, spreading light, doing justice, walking humbly with God. That's our calling. Some of us in this congregation, along with other congregations around downtown, have been reading Jamar Tisby's latest book, How to Fight Racism. It's really a wonderful book with many concrete examples. Page after page, Tisby echoes the message of Jesus. To to love means to be committed to justice. To be a disciple is to be courageous. Courageous in working for racial justice. It's continually about awareness and relationships and commitment. And they're all in this wonderful arc. Awareness, relationships, and commitment. And that keeps us moving towards God's work in deeper ways. Discipleship means involving our lives in a new family and in rich life within community with those who have been grasped by the grace of God And have learned the joy of spending themselves on others and in the world. This is our calling. Not conformed, but transformed. For God, all things are possible. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, to turn from you is to fall. To turn to you is to rise, to stand with you and be transformed by your spirit. That's to abide forever. We seek that way following Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.